0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and to finally get all the liquor that you requested on your writer. Here in Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. What's so funny, Do you guys don't have a writer?
1: We don't, although um, I'll tell you, we um, I sent a contract to a client whose uh, wedding is in a couple of weeks here, and it turns out he is a law student studying music law and um he approved of our contract as you know not actually a lawyer yet but as far as a student can he approved of it um and he shared with me an assignment they gave him in his music law class that was a hypothetical like a like a mocked up email from a venue owner to his lawyer um with all these demands for a band to write up a contract for it and it was like man it was crazy what the band was asking for and you know technical requirements and backstage requirements. And, um, and it was written all thorny and naughty like, you know, be five paragraphs in and it reminds you of something back up there. But then, Oh, remember how I said that? Oh, well, they also want, it's all built to trip up a student. So it's amazing what law schools are putting music students through music, music yeah. law students through.
0: Yeah. We, um, we just, we had just done the, uh, the lawyer con uh, convention a couple, uh, a couple months back and, you know, we've done that a couple of years, and and you know, I was definitely worried when we sent that contract out because it's a bunch of lawyers looking at a contract, and they were actually they they changed very little. Um, you know, I had accidentally put the wrong date in, but other than that, they were fine with all the language. And then <laughs> we have this event coming up in August where this you know the president of the homeowners association is like taking us to task on how ridiculous our contract is. I'm like, dude, the the lawyers didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> yeah so uh, want to thank everybody for uh, their continued support I wanted to let you know that we have officially launched our YouTube channel um, it is coverband confidential you know we don't have a fancy pants custom URL yet because we need a thousand subscribers to get it um, but all of the episodes so far have been uh, put up or will be up hopefully by this weekend and um, all new ones will be put up there as well as hopefully some additional video content that, uh, that we devise, um, for some stuff that may require a bit more, uh, explanation or maybe just a, you know, an audio visual component. So, uh, go check us out and, um, like subscribe, comment, and all of that good stuff. But yeah, uh, good times. I hope everybody is having uh, a good week so far. Um, thank you to all of our new listeners. Uh, the The last episode that we uh, that we did was actually the most downloaded episode we've done so far, uh, and we have been. Oh, and by riding- a long shot, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, actually, major. it's pretty close. So it was like it was the it was that one, and then the marketing your band, which you know is pretty you know, it's pretty important. And then like the backtracks one. And then I think it's like episode one, uh, is like our top four.
1: Yeah. You know, I guess it's, I guess it's not that this last one was the most downloaded. It's that this week was the biggest downloads by far of the history of the right. weeks. Right. So, yes. you know, welcome to all the new folks. And it's clear some people like dug back into the archives and listened to some old mm-hmm. stuff and, um, hope you've enjoyed the progression of our quality, <laughs> what we've put out.
0: <laughs> it hasn't progressed that far, but you know, we're getting there.
1: We're working on it. We're working on it.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking on uh, things that we have been working on, uh, one of the things that we have been uh, asking people to do is to email us gigs from heck stories uh, because we're a family friendly uh, podcast. We wanted to make sure that, you know, this was friendly for all ages. So we uh, we were asking for gigs from heck and for you to email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. And this week we actually got one. Uh, This is from uh, a guy named Jason, and he wanted to share his gig from heck. Um, I'll go ahead and just read his message. He said, first off, I really enjoy your show. You guys are knowledgeable and give fair and honest opinions. I agree. Uh, I've done podcasts in the past and know the trials and tribulations. You guys knock it dead. So pat yourself on the back. Uh, Thank you for that. You often talk about gigs from heck, and I have one that happened recently. We got booked for our first show at a venue. They reached out to me, not the other way around, which is always good. Over the phone, the owner asked if we knew any country songs. I told her we know a few, and we are adding more as we go. She saw our Facebook page and knew we were primarily a rock band. Our saying on the background photo was, 90s to current rock and more! Seems pretty straightforward, but if she wants us to play a few more country songs, money talks. We get to the venue, and it's an amazing place. Huge room, 500 capacity. Stage is in two tiers and has ample room for everything. I think he means they had like a, like a drum riser and stuff. Mm. We even got a friend to help with sound. Set up, sound check, all good. 9.30 rolls around, and the DJ announces us to the stage. Singer is MIA. So I find him out back talking on the phone and get it started. We go through the first set, and a couple people were given us props saying we sounded good. Then the owner comes up. I quote, guys, this ain't going to work. We need country music in this bar. Y'all are going to have to pack it up. We were dumbfounded. Mm. We asked if we could do one more set and receive half the agreed upon amount. She agreed, but then proceeded to cherry pick the set list for songs she wanted. Two songs in, we realized someone killed the power to the mains. (laughs) We have good monitor setups we didn't notice on stage. We played the remaining songs, even though we got requests for other songs in our list. We actually brought a crowd of twenty or so, the rest of the bar the rest were bar flies and regulars. Even had people travel to see us. Last song of the night, our singer loses his you know what and proceeds to sing the song incorrectly and get pissy. Any hmm. vibe we had was lost in that moment, which ended in an argument and us kicking him out of the band. Hmm. It was brought to our attention a few months later that the owner is notorious for pulling this exact thing whenever the bar isn't packed so she doesn't have to pay the band full price. Huh. Enjoy the tale, keep rocking, and share some bad gig stories with us all. Jason.
1: <laughs> wow, thanks, Jason. A lot to learn from there.
0: Yeah. I mean You
1: know, I, I I sometimes feel like there's a if your if your scene had a back channel, you know, what would what would bands be saying about venues, you know, privately amongst ourselves. We'd never say it publicly if mm-hmm. we are being professional about it, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of Intel we could share if we had that kind of thing set up. We don't have it like that in my scene here. I wish we did.
0: So I am in a, um, I'm in like a private Facebook group of basically guys that are doing, you know, kind of smaller acoustic gigs or duo gigs. Um, and it's just basically to share the business and uh, sometimes those conversations uh, pop up, and and you know that that information does get around, um, mm-hmm. at least on at least in our area. And you know, we've been so uh, adamant about well, if I if, if something isn't there that we think should be, maybe you should start one, right? So right if uh, if you are you know a prominent. Or semi prominent member of your local music scene, and you don't have a uh, a group like that, you should probably start one. You can just make it a secret group on Facebook, and it can be it's invite only, and you know whoever is whoever makes it inside the circle of trust, you know gets gets their say. So it's been valuable for for me for sure, uh, sure. if for nothing else, just to realize the amount of business that could be had. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know we were talking with. Uh, our good friend, Sammy Swanson from, uh, yep. handsome young ladies who, um, you know, I mean, that's primarily how he makes his, his money is doing those solo acoustic sets. Uh, they're happening all over town all week long. So on a related note, uh, if you guys didn't see our post, uh, Sam and the handsome young ladies released their, uh, first single off their record. Uh, it's their take on Benny and the jets,
1: that's just amazing, isn't it? It's, it's so really good.
0: Good, and there's yeah. a video for it, and um, it's really, I I think it's really inspiring for um for guys like us to see what a band that's really swinging for the fences can do, because yeah. they're not they're not going to be satisfied with playing, you know, the bars in their town, you know, on on the weekends. Like they want to do this as a full time gig, and and they're doing their their music, their way, uh, in a very marketable form. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking about Sam a lot.
1: Uh, (laughs) so much to learn from Sam. It's crazy. I mean, that video was, um, I've seen some local band videos that were, um, boy, shot on an iPhone and underlit and edited by a, a, a grad student. And, um, you know, they're sweet. They're, 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 their hearts in the right place. Right. But this video looks like it was, it could be on, MTV, if they still played videos, yep. um, it's got a story that makes some sense. It's um, <laughs> got visuals that are interesting, but aren't. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just, just, just super well done. It's very, very professional looking.
0: I agree. Um,
1: so yeah, I was very impressed. Very, very impressed.
0: Uh, on the exact opposite note, uh, I um, I posted some video uh, on our um, our socials today as we we're getting ready for the um, for our '90s night. Uh, I just shot some quick and dirty footage of um, me and two of the other guys from the band recording just some quick covers uh, for our '90s stuff to post on Instagram. Um, that has no plot and very little production quality, but it was just—it was fun for us to do it and and you know kind of show people, hey here's what three people in this band by themselves and with an acoustic guitar can pull off. So
1: yeah. um, And I'll tell you even, so it was the other end of the production spectrum, but it was still really nice. I saw the no scrubs one. Were there
0: others? There will be. Um, we, what I, what I ended up doing is we shot one long continuous thing of us doing, I think two. Um, and when I put it all together, it was over a minute long, which means you can't post it on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. I went ahead and split it up. So even though in the, the front end I say we're gonna play a couple of songs I only did one um, the next yeah. one is gonna be uh, wanna be by the spice girls uh, nice if you want to see what two dudes and a girl uh, can can do with that song uh, <laughs> it's uh it's very compelling stuff
1: uh, well I'll tell you it, it was I mean the the um, the harmonies were strong the playing was good it was you know, it was just it was simple but really well done so I think it's a good lesson there that you know you can you can go full production value and i don't know how much sam spent on all that um but but it wasn't you know he didn't turn it out on a weekend nope. right versus you probably built that whole video uh in the time it took to play it plus 15 minutes of yep cutting cutting it and putting a fade on the end i mean pretty much no
0: just uh And I both are
1: effective both, both are really effective yes
0: and they're effective in in very different ways um yes. you know with him, his, with the full production is is showing, Hey, we take this seriously. And, you know, we take, uh, you know, we take how we sound and how we look and how we're presented seriously. And ours was kind of saying, yeah, we don't really take ourselves too seriously, Yeah, which we, we, we do musically. And I think that's, that's really what it shows is like, um, you know, everything was the way it should have been, but it wasn't, we didn't, you know, there wasn't a, a huge amount of effort put into it. It was just like, Hey, here's, here's something. And it's kind of fun. And I think at the end we were like, we're laughing because, you know, we're holding out the end and we're trying to figure out like what to do next.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it, it seems very casual. It seems the video quality seems really thrown together, but the musical performance in it, even though it was very short is really high quality. The right. vocals are good. So I, and I think that's a really good sort of ethos to shoot for on stage is like casual quality Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, as, as a as a feel, good way to put it,
1: like as a vibe for a band, like yeah, we kick ass, but it's no big deal. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of a oh wait, sorry, family friendly. We kick butt, we kick <laughs> rear end, <laughs> but it's no big deal. You I'm know, we're put, yeah, we're
0: still. I'll put whatever, a clowned horn sound over over that. Oh, good, fine, good, good. <sighs> like honk, that. we kick,
1: kick, honk. So yeah, very cool stuff. Very cool stuff.
0: But yeah, um, what what it and that kind of fell out of a certain situation. So um. Our, one of our guitar players who's playing for this event works for a, um, a very prominent international, uh, amp company. And hmm. we were supposed to have rehearsal last night and they had a bunch of very expensive and impressive, uh, doohickeys come in from Europe, uh, that were going to be sent out for a bunch of gear reviews this week. And so he got a call from, uh, from London that said, Hey mate, I need you to test all 50 of these units today because they have to be done. So he was like, Hey, I can't come. So what we Mm -hmm. ended up doing is, uh, told the drummer to, uh, enjoy a night off. And then, um, the three of us just, uh, got together and did just a straight vocal rehearsal. Um, have you guys ever done those? Oh yeah. Super valuable. Yeah. Just to, yeah, it's the best thing. Just to go in and, and kind of split your parts up. Uh, it was just an acoustic guitar, a laptop and an iPad with a, you know, with, garage band up so we could plunk out stuff on, on, a, on a piano. Um, but it's, it's invaluable stuff and it's, you know, it's just one more piece of the puzzle, uh, for all this new material for us to work through. So, um, yeah. super valuable. And, you know, I'm actually starting to get excited for the show as opposed to being completely, you know, crippled with fear of it being a, a <laughs> right. huge failure.
1: Yeah. Doing sectional rehearsals like that is, is, is really valuable. You know, I'm, i mentioned last week, I'm bringing on a, a second drummer, a beeline drummer. Yep. Um, and he and I are going to get together sometime this week and just work on transitions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, cause we have, you know, when, when we really get rolling, we take maybe three seconds between songs, yeah. maybe. And a lot of them have sort of designed and written transitions between them. Mm-hmm. And he, in, in rehearsal, we keep getting to the end of a song and then doing that transition and he's like, "What?" <laughs> has no idea what we're doing. And then, um, um, so, like getting him oriented inside the structure of those songs that come in a particular order. We've been playing them that way for nine months, and you know we all know him real well, but um, he doesn't know what's going to come next or how to get there or any of that. So, just him and me, we're going to drill that stuff for a while until he's, you know, comfortable.
0: Yeah, that'll be super helpful. Um, yeah. one of the, we've got um we've got an eighties date coming up um in two weeks and it'll be the first time that we try out this x live card that you know does the multi-track recording yeah and i'm i'm excited for, to have that kind of stuff because then um you know with a uh, with somebody that you're you're working in you can literally send them hey here's here's how we play like here's here's a set and so they have an audio reference for all of the things that you were talking about. Um, yeah. you know, just one more tool in the uh, in the toolbox for uh, for band leaders. So yeah, yeah
1: um, I have a I have a recorded uh, just a stereo recording of our last show. Um, so I've sent him that to study. Um, so he, and that's helping, but yeah. um, nothing like doing it live
0: for sure. Well, you had um, reached out today and said that you had a couple of things that you wanted to uh, to address. <laughs> I do. I do. So look, so you got to deal with your topic of, um,
1: (laughs) uh, uh, high, um, high emotional, uh, high intensity, uh, topic a couple of weeks ago, which was, um, backing tracks. Right. Um, I want to talk today. It's it's just comes up on, um, Facebook and other gigging sort of discussion boards all the time. Mm -hmm. So I want to have a conversation about iPads music stands and other sort of memory devices. Okay.
0: Not shorts or is that shorts we can talk about? That's another episode, That's a whole different episode. We're going to do an entire episode on shorts.
1: We may be able to deal with that really fast. Wearing shorts on stage is just wrong. No.
0: Yeah. I, I do not yeah. agree with it. Um, yeah. but I'm also yeah. coming from a, you know, a background of wearing a three piece suit in, you know, a Georgia summer, uh, on a gig. So <laughs> right, I, yeah, I'm, a, different, I'm a glutton different for that kind manner. of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so despite that, um, just flat opinion I have, um, I want to put this conversation in a particular context, which is, uh, whatever you feel is right. And I'm talking to individual band people here, as I say this, Mm -hmm. including you and me, whatever is important to you that your band do is valid. Okay, including if it's important to you that your band has every song, every word, and every chord, and every lick memorized, if that's important to you and you want to invest in that, that is completely fine. I'm not saying that that's not worth investing in. Yeah. Right? And it's um, on the flip side of that, Nobody gets to tell anybody else what's right or wrong about what's important to somebody else's band. Yes. Okay. So that's the kind of the context I want to put this all in. There are people who have really strong opinions. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I may have said that more or less eloquently than you said, basically the same thing two weeks ago. Um, I I can't remember how (laughs) how you said it, but this is all in sort of the context of like, look, uh, you know, opinions are opinions and they're fine. And I'm going to give you, um, the case for using memory aids on stage, mm-hmm. um, and you know, um, we didn't really set this up, Adam. But if you want to be the if you want to be the counterpoint, the devil's advocate, that's we could do that. I, yeah, I, I, I can
0: I can definitely uh, provide that, and I'll, also, I'll I'll go ahead and preface that um, I have used <coughs> them on occasion. Um, I try not to. Um, I think that. Well, I'll start with my first. I guess my first argument. Sure. Um, yeah is that at least from a musician's perspective. And again, we are not the target market for these kinds of things, but when I see musicians on stage in a band context and they all have iPads or one person has an iPad or what have you, um, it makes me feel like they're not prepared.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, good. All right. Got it. Got it. Well, so I get that. The, um, so in the in the Clay Lincolns, we the two of us in the front who are mainly the lead singers use iPads and I'm using mine to drive the mixer as well as to manage the set list and and um, what I for songs that I need to, to, to manage the lyrics and, and um, chord chart um, <clears throat> And I think I would say it it depends on what you're preparing for mm-hmm. OK, so if it's and, I, and it makes sense that a musician would um, assess the memorization as part of preparation. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm here to tell you audiences like civilians do not think that. Yeah,
0: and I totally can see that. And you, and, and you, <clears throat> made, a, you made a valid point as well. Um, you know, a lot of times those devices are on stage pulling double duty um, mm-hmm. as you know, sound devices, you know, we've, we've definitely gotten a couple of, uh, a couple of comments because we use our phones to adjust our monitor mixes. Um, they're like, what are they doing on their phones during the first three mm-hmm. songs? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a part of that. Um,
1: yeah. See now I think phones on stage are way more distracting for an audience than iPads. Yeah. Way more. Cause they, you know, it looks like you're texting or something. Mm-hmm. It looks like you're on Facebook. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I actually, I actually did pull out my phone and Facebook Live on stage one time, and it was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think an iPad clamped to the mic stand looks like a piece of equipment. I think it looks like, you know, it was another piece of the complaint. is like, oh, it's this big, ugly, you know, rectangle of glass on stage. Um, I literally have never had anyone oh. mention it who was not, you know, online behind the anonymity of the internet yes. <laughs> to complain to me about it. Um, even musicians in the audience never said a word.
0: Yeah, I think I mean Uh most people know what's up, Um, and 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 this is also not for like you know the solo acoustic guys or the duo guys where you know you've got to have you know 400 songs on tap in any given moment. Um, You know that's that's a that's a different story altogether. Yeah, like I said, I have used them on um, on certain occasions. Uh, If we're onboarding a bunch of material, like the first 80s show I did with the guys that ended up becoming. Uh, members only i had an ipad uh, on stage and i have played Mm -hmm. on i've played in bands where i was a sub and they wanted things done a certain way and i took meticulous notes and they were they were actually they didn't want an ipad i had to have a music stand and i had to have a binder of Mm. notes wow so my lyric sheets were coded and printed out and on you know, in in page separators, and you know, I had to rearrange them every set because I was like, "Hey, could I do this?" And they're like, "No, it has to be a binder." I don't know what that was about, but
1: I mean, was that was that um, to match with what they had?
0: Well, no one else was really using it. They were just it was uh it was for a you know it was a seventies period you know era band, oh, and I don't so know. an
1: iPad would have been an anachronism. I got it, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I that seems like a bit of a stretch to me and I've I've seen that band, you know, since then and I've definitely seen them use iPads so I don't know I don't know what it was about. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um they they definitely serve a purpose and and like you said most people don't care.
1: Most people don't care. Now, um the other anti-iPad thing I hear said is that it is um you know, if you're staring at an iPad, you're not really performing. Mm hmm. Here's my response to that. That is absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> that is completely true. You know, you and I both commented on the, so, uh, anyone who hasn't seen Weezer's new cover of Africa by Toto, um, <sighs> I know. Well, it's, it's amazing. They put out the Weezer put out a, uh, basically a straight cover of Africa yeah. and it's very, very good. um, very well produced, very nice. And then there was this video of it, I guess, on Jimmy Kimmel. It was on or Jimmy Kimmel. Get, yeah, and um, what's the name of the Weezer dude? Rivers Cuomo. Yeah. Um, honest to God, he read the whole song off of a MacBook that was sitting on a bar stool in front of him, and he never made eye contact with the camera once nope. that I saw. Never looked out at the audience once that I saw. It was it was weird. It was really weird. First of all, somebody his age should have grown up listening to that song. How do you not have those lyrics totally ingrained, you know, like bizarre? Um, And,
0: and here's a, here's a little known fact about Rivers Cuomo. Um, you know, before there was Weezer, that dude was, um, was in a hair metal band on the Sunset Strip. Um, you know, their whole thing was they would go out, uh, they would go out on Sunset, you know, to Gazzari's and all those places wearing, uh, towels, like they had just gotten out of the shower, uh, on roller skates. And that's how they would, they would hand out flyers. Um, that was like their, their signature.
1: Thing. I bet that worked. I bet that was good.
0: So he's a total eighties hair metal shredder, um, you know, totally hiding behind, you know, this indie rock persona. All
1: right. So maybe, maybe Toto wasn't his genre. I get that. Um, he's point Everybody is, knew that, that, that
0: song. Everybody knew yeah. that
1: song. Everybody still does. The point is that video, that video is so the epitome of the, Memory aid as crutch. Yeah. Memory aid as a barrier between you and the audience. That is exactly what not to do.
0: But if any of you have ever l- watched or a-, a show by Weezer, um, him not staring into a laptop is barely an upgrade. Is it? He's, All just, right, well. he's just not that guy.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. And, you know, they've had plenty of success with him being not that guy, so maybe I shouldn't judge. The point is, you know, um, people say an iPad is a barrier between you and the audience. I will tell you, anyone who's ever been to one of our shows has experienced no barrier between us and the audience. We're out in the audience all the time. Even when we're not, there's like a real audience connection. It's what we're known for. I promise you, my iPad does not impede my being with the audience in the slightest. And part of that is, I'm actually off book for almost the whole show. I really only need it for uh, newer tunes or really complex tunes or um, uh, boy, the one I really need it for right now because we've only played it in a a couple of gigs is um, and I never I was never I'm going to so deep soul confession Uh -uh. time now never been a big Foo Fighters fan Uh, not that I have anything against them I just I just never spent much time listening to I, I liked what I've heard I just haven't had it on repeat in my life. So, um, we're doing learn to fly, which I like, I like that song a lot, but, um, all the places, the chorus kind of starts over at the end, Mm -hmm. surprise me every time. So I got to have that up. So I'm, I'm on track with what's happening there.
0: Um, things like that. my, uh, my Foo Fighters confession is I I really liked the first three records and that was about it.
1: Yeah. Well, I couldn't even tell you what's on the first three records.
0: Well, learn to fly. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, I I literally, I
1: I had to YouTube that one because I I don't know. I don't know him. Right. But um,
0: you should go uh, back and listen to the first, the first Foo Fighter record. That's the Foo Fighters record is the one that's basically just Dave Grohl. Um, It's got a real great just kind of demo feel to it. And I, I like the songs. I think they're kind of fun. And, you know, he was definitely stepping out. But, um,
1: yeah, I, yeah, no, that's cool. I, I like Dave Grohl as a guy. I love him as a performer who he is on stage is like, boy, be that instead of Rivers Cuomo. My yeah. God. He's
0: basically the, um, um, the patron saint of rock and roll. Cause you know, he's incredible. Now that Lemmy yeah. has died. Yeah.
1: And so like, I feel like I should know his music better. I probably, and I, it, it's not even, I feel like I should know his music better and I just really sure. don't. So. That's kind of how that is. My, the 90s were sort of a dark era for me. I was way deep down a classic rock hole at the time. Oh, no. and I really was not listening to what was on the radio. So I, I don't. I hardly know the 90s at all.
0: So yeah, my 90s deal, I was listening to like, I was in high school. So it was like whatever was on the radio and then like dream theater. And then I went through hmm. like this huge SoCal punk deal in, in college. Um, right as emo was kind of like blowing up, we like hated emo. And then I totally ended <laughs> up in an emo band. So yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so the point is, you know, if you, if you, um, uh, here's, here's the other thing that I, that I think I would say when, when people get really uptight about, you know, how dare you have, um, memory aids on stage, I would say this, if the quality of your performance is important to mm-hmm. you, if what's important to you is the quality of your performance, you want to put in every tool you can possibly put in to make sure it's a high quality performance. So I don't have to worry about like my brain glitching out and forgetting the second verse of Kiss. You know, I, I just it's not not a concern for me because I got it right there. And that that one is deeply ingrained in my gray matter. There's no chance I'm going to lose a second verse of it. But you know, forgetting how the chords go to something, or you know, just that that moment we all have on stage every now and then. I find that a memory device is uh, a way of taking that mental load off of myself Mm -hmm. so that I can focus on what really matters in my show, which is how we're connecting with the audience and how we're all performing, how we're all moving on stage, and sort of the ethos and the feel. I have no attention on remembering anything because I don't have to. It's right there in front of me. And that really leaves me able to make my show be high energy and connected and all I really want it to be. And at the same time, honest to God, if what matters to you is showing that you can memorize well, God bless. I have no problem with that. Yeah. I, even the way I just said it kind of diminishes that as as being important, and I don't mean to do that. If it really is important to you, if it's important to you that that you know part of your show is um, y- y- literally, that it, that it comes out of your memory and into your hands and out into the, the molecules of air, seriously, God bless. Go to work on that. Have that be what you work on. It's not what I've chosen to yeah. work on.
0: Um the the two things that kind of pop into my mind is you know, these things can be as much of a crutch as you let them be. So Absolutely. you know, like you were saying, like, yeah, it's there, but I'm not leaning on it. And it doesn't have to be an iPad, like a mic stand can be a crutch. Um yeah. you know, I don't know how many country guitar, c- country singers, I see, you know, on TV or on stage playing guitars that aren't plugged in because they, they can't yeah. perform without yeah. one. Um, right. so anything can be that. And the other thing that I think that a lot of people don't understand, um, is what it feels like to be on stage and, and, and sing, uh, and perform songs. Cause you know, you always see, some picture of a guy like, I don't know, Axl Rose or Ozzy Osbourne. And they're like, he's staring at the lyrics of the song he wrote. He's like, yeah, Yeah. but you also don't realize that when people are performing, there are thousands of things going on. And I don't know how many times I have been in a performance doing a song that I've done a thousand times and Knowing that the second verse is about to start and I don't know what I'm going to say, exactly. And usually, miraculously, um, muscle memory kicks in and it it just comes out. But um, I swear, a couple of months back, we we start we literally start almost every single show with "Video Killed the Radio Star" because it's the first right. song, you know that was played on MTV, and I straight up forgot the first hmm. verse. Like yeah. it just wasn't there, and yeah I, I was I, you know and i wouldn't have I wouldn't have even had a, a you know a lyric sheet to to cheat off of because again, we've done it hundreds of hundreds of times, but yeah, that's just one of those things that can happen because you know it's our jobs to do you know to to do all the things, and um usually something's gonna fall to the wayside, and you know it could be the words to the song that you know you're being paid to sing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're on stage, it's a high mental activity environment. Yeah, <laughs> You know, you're thinking about, um, God, just, you know, what, what, how's the audience now and how are they reacting? And, you know, how's everybody playing and what does that look on my drummer's face mean? And, how, how, you know, Just your, your mind is just really busy when you're performing and, and, um, or mine is a lot of the time now there are those, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing to say actually, (laughs) because the goal for me of performing is that moment when all of that disappears, Mm -hmm. that moment when I'm just in the flow and I'm connected with the audience and there's that energy exchange between me and the audience and the band and we're all just in the pocket together. And it's just this, you know, gorgeous, groovy moment that, that is, um, Last for a millisecond, and also for all time, and you you know what I'm talking like that that God, there's just something transcendent about those moments of performance, and and if what is there for me is oh man, how does the next verse start? Then I'm dealing with that instead of having that moment of performance.
0: The other thing that I have struggled with in situations where I was using an iPad or a, a book of some kind is being comfortable just not using it. And that's where it yeah. can also be a crutch where it's like, come on, you've done this song 10 times on mm-hmm. stage now. It's yeah. time to put it away. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, or at least I don't need to page through the song that I know so well, like... You know the, the the app we use is called Band Helper, and in my normal layout of it, I have the set list sort of in a left column and the song in a big window on the right. And I, 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 I sometimes will find myself like paging through the, the song on the right. With, by the way, I have a, a um, Bluetooth page turner pedal. I don't. Mm-hmm. I hardly ever touch the device during the show. I actually think that's pretty distracting. People like keeping themselves you know, with their finger on their iPad. I, I find that distracting when I watch people doing it. Um, so I have a stomp pedal that sits down there among my helix and my vo- voice live and just, you know, I kick my way through the, the things, but there are times when I'll be singing a song I know really well, you know, false and prison blues. Really? Do I need to have the words up in front of me? No, I can just, I can just sing it and move on to the next song in the set list when it's time and it's fine. Yeah.
0: Yep. But it's all good, because whatever you're doing, yeah. as long as it's working, you should do it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, and I'd, I'd encourage people um, to just have a little... Um, the world has enough strong opinions.
0: Oh my gosh, can we just stop? <laughs> can we just stop with it? <laughs> really? The
1: world does not need your strong opinion in addition to all the other strong opinions it's got. Let's just, let's just relax a little bit.
0: Opinions are like... Belly Onions. belly buttons. Oh, Everybody yeah, but right. Patricia Heaton has one.
1: And a guy in my high school.
0: Yeah. That was one of the weirdest things. Patricia Heaton doesn't have a belly button. She got like a tummy tuck yeah. and she was just like, I'll just, I, I don't need this.
1: Yeah. A friend of mine in high school had like a hernia when he was a baby. Didn't have a belly
0: button. The... um. I, I, I just had this moment from uh the live action Dennis the Menace movie with Walter Matthau. They're they're talking about where babies come from. And and he goes, Well, the belly button opens up and the girl oh. goes, Well, why how come men have them? And he just quite plainly replied, So they don't look weird in bathing suits. I just thought that was good. Answer. I thought that was a good perfect answer. like you'd even think about it. It was like, Well, how come men have them so they don't look weird in bathing suits? I was like, That's genius. Like obviously. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think all of those things are true.
1: Yep. Yep. Or not up to you. The point is,
0: (laughs) yeah, I mean, if, if I had a sub and he, he came in with an iPad and he had all of his charts laid out, rock on dude. Um, even our full-time guys didn't always have that there. You know, they'd come in with like a, like a, a notebook, like a spiral notebook with stuff. And like, I've, you know, I've had to have that conversation, like, hey, it's, it's time for you to be off book. Um, but again, I'm, I'm just, I run a very different operation and, um, but like, you know, we did, um, we did Thriller cover to cover last year for a Halloween event. You know, that was probably one of those things that we may do once a year, if ever. And, uh, me and the other female vocalists were definitely using an iPad for those lyrics because, right. I don't need to commit the lyrics to um, lady in my life. I, just, yeah. I don't. The,
1: the girl is mine. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I mean, I already had that one, but like some of the B sides sure. and, and and the deep cuts on, on thriller, you know, lady in my life is like the downerest of, of like, it's the last song in the record and it just fades out over this R&B mm-hmm. slow jam. It's just like,
1: <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you know I have seen. Um, well, here's another thing. One other thing um, about music stands, not iPads per se, but music stands. Yeah. It's true that music stands take up a fair amount of visual space on the stage. Yes. Um. However, I think they take up only as much energy on the stage as the performer gives them as they work with yeah,
0: it. Yeah, it. it's the exact same argument. You know, it's 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 as much of a hindrance as you want it to be. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things we had had that conversation about sunglasses. Um, I think that's actually one of those things that makes, uh, using, you know, lead charts and, and iPads, uh, a little less noticeable because you, you know, as long as you're looking as as your face is looking out, people can't tell that you're reading. So that's another benefit. Um, if you wanted to go the Corey Hart route, like we have.
1: Right. 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 Or you get one of those, um, you know, wedge monitor looking
0: teleprompter things. Well, I mean, if you if you got a budget for that, you know, those things are expensive. But I mean, that's what
1: the pros have. That's what the pros do. That's what, um, you know, it's what Ozzy's reading off of. It's true. It's funny you mentioned Ozzy. I mean, first of all, he's ancient and he's got about five brain cells left. So, of course, he's got to read his lyrics. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, but even even like back in the day, like, you know, use, use your illusion era guns and roses were using teleprompters.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, those and I not respect what I said. 20s. Uh, Either. Yeah, but but it goes back to what I said. They were committed to the quality of their performance. They weren't going to let some weird mind brain fart thing happen that messed up their performance. They weren't going to be, you know, that band that was that casual about yeah,
0: it. They were casual about everything you know, say, else, but you know.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, say, say whatever you will about Axl Rose. He he he. Um, when when he turns up, <laughs> he puts on a good show. Um, now here is the flip side of that. Um, the first time I saw Feist. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who I was going to see. A friend of mine had tickets. It was, it was before her second album came out, before she was on the Apple commercial, and like she was pretty unknown. And I, or I didn't know her, but this whole room full of people at um, Cat's Cradle in Chapel mm-hmm. Hill um, definitely knew her and were singing along and stuff. And she was playing the song that uh, later I found out was called Mushabo. Yeah. And coming into the second verse, completely forgot the <laughs> lyrics like completely like forgot and it was just her acoustic she like it was the rest of the band was on break she was doing this acoustic and she totally forgot the lyrics and she like stopped and had to go around again to it and like still didn't quite have it and and she turned it into like i don't know what's happening here i i wrote this i do know it like what you know she ended up like does anybody know this song i obviously don't and she turned it into like a sing-along and, um, and like stopped the, um, she had a question about if people understood the pun she was making mm-hmm. in the lyrics, which most people in the audience didn't. And like, she turned it into this really great moment of audience connection. And if you've ever seen Feist perform, I've never seen a performer with that degree of audience connection. She's
0: incredible That's great.
1: live. Um, but she turned this moment of, you know, <laughs> could have been the, you know, embarrassing and she may have been embarrassed about it later. I don't know, but she was such a pro about it and such a, uh, she was so sweet and authentic about it. It, it was like, it was the highlight of the show for That's me. That's great. Yeah. So all of that, that I said, you know, you also can totally survive and make something like that work. If you are as talented as Feist, which probably few That's people true. on the planet are.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, de- I've definitely seen moments where, you know, spontaneity has m- given way to, you know, connection. Um, it, yeah. there's a local guy named Butch Walker who, you know, is legend around here. And you, you know, you probably know of him, even if you don't, even if you've never heard his name, uh, you've heard his songs, you've heard stuff he's produced, but, uh, he was just mm-hmm. great with that kind of stuff he could just pull any song out of anywhere and you know, if something went wrong, like he was, you know, he was just going to roll with it. It was just going to be a part of, you know, whatever, you know, sorcery he was going to perform that night. So I definitely know I've definitely been privy to those kinds of experiences and it it is cool. So yeah, Yeah. just connect with your audience and do a good job. That's the thing. And don't do a bad job. Yeah,
1: And bring whatever tools you got to do to do a good job. And if if for you that's your memory, God bless. And if for others it's your iPad, God just bless.
0: Do it. Do it. I think that's a good logo. Uh, that's a good. That's a good <laughs> that's uh, tagline. Somebody should use that. Just, just do it. Just do it. I, I'm pretty sure just no one to, has uh, taken it yet.
1: I don't think you know. We could just swoosh that right onto our uh, site and
0: uh, just wait for the the jack to roll in, or the cease and desist yeah, letters. There it is. Yeah, it's gonna be one of the other. Very cool. Any other parting thoughts? All right,
1: uh, no, no. I think we've yeah, done it. we
0: we've definitely done it. <laughs>
1: uh, we, when we, uh, you know, let me know about the hate mail we received I, this week. You know what? Th- again, I
0: we're we're starting to get into you know clickbait territory. We're just putting out you know stuff that very controversial topics. You know, <laughs> I know. Bringing in know, our, our dozens of listeners. <laughs>
1: really? Next week, abortion. Oh. No, you said no, that. no, you said no, 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 no. I did. We should probably cut it, but to. don't. But you know what? Actually, should, this has been don't. a
0: pretty good episode. But this might be the first one that I literally just bounce and throw up uh, online. Um, yeah. Because yeah. even with the, the awkward pauses, it's, you know, it's tighter than probably 80% no. <laughs> of what we've done already.
1: <laughs> this is the thing. We, we are awkward, so <laughs> it's, it's just true. authentic that they're awkward pauses.
0: Well, if that's the case, um, I'll go ahead and call it that's going to do it for us We're this good. week. Um, please share with, uh, with your friends, uh, subscribe, like, and share, yeah, go
1: onto iTunes and like and comment and all that stuff on iTunes. Mm-hmm. It really makes a difference.
0: Um, and you know, hit us up on our Facebook page. Uh, and you know, if you've got stories or feedback or hate mail or love mail, if that's a thing, uh, and yeah, send us, heck. uh, send us something to coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all for listening. And um, that'll do it for us this week here in Atlanta, Georgia. This is Adam Johnson.
1: Greensboro, North Carolina. You have been yeah, listening right. to
0: the CoverBand Confidential Podcast, episode 12. Have a good week.